0: We are studying the Epistle to the Galatians here on the Radio Bible Chorus, and we're happy that you joined us. If you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 4. Paul writes, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no better than a slave, though he is the owner of all the estate. But he is under guardians and trustees until the date set by the Father. So with us. When we were children, we were slaves to the elemental spirits of the universe. But when the time had fully come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So through God you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir. Now the context here is how Christians are no longer under the law, but have been set free of it. Verse 25 of the previous chapter brings that out. He said, The law was our custodian until Christ came, but now that the faith has come, referring to the Christian faith, We are no longer under a custodian, for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. Now, in chapter 4, Paul is making an application here, or expanding on this idea of being an heir and being a son. And he says that a person in Roman society could be an heir. But even though he is an heir, he's no better than a slave as long as he is a child, because he is under guardians and trustees until the date set by the father when he becomes a full heir and is elevated to sonship with all the legal rights of that standing. Now, this depended upon the father. While he is a child, the guardians, who often were slaves themselves and who trained the child and kept him out of mischief, and prepared him for his life as an adult, until that time, the child, even though he owned the whole estate and was a potential owner of it, that is, he's in the will of the father, until that time, he is no better than a slave. He has to do what he's told. And now Paul makes this application. So with us. Now, when he says us, He's still talking about Jews primarily because they were under the Old Testament law of bondage. And that's the Old Testament law of Moses. Now, Peter uses that term in Acts 15, and Paul uses that in the previous chapter. He's talking about the bondage that Israel was under, under the law. They weren't set free, and they didn't come into full sonship until the new covenant came. And that essentially can be summarized by the expression, the Christian faith. But now that the faith has come, we are no longer under that custodianship of the law of Moses. When were Jews children? When they were slaves to the elemental principles... And that's a better translation than elemental spirits, as the Revised Standard Version puts it. The Greek word here for elemental spirits or principles signified the first in a series as the ABCs. That's the first in a series of letters in the alphabet, or basic numbers. In the New Testament, it refers to the basics of religion, either Christian or Jewish. The writer of The book of Hebrews uses it in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. Listen to it. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of God's word. There it is, the same Greek word. Now, what are the basics or the principles of the Christian faith? Here are some of them. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, not a Son of God. Christ died for our sins. That means you don't have to die for your sins. We are saved by grace through faith. We are delivered from the law. These are basic elementary principles of the Christian faith. Now, here in verse 3 of Galatians chapter 4, How does Paul use the word elemental principles? He uses it in reference to the Old Testament law, the basics of which were the Ten Commandments. They were certainly the basic principles to the whole law system. Now look ahead to verse 9 of chapter 4. We have again the same word elemental. It reads, But now that you have come to know God or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and beggarly elemental spirits whose slaves you want to be once more? Here it's in reference to the laws of Judaism, to which these Galatians were turning. Now, we move to verses 4 and 5, where Paul writes, But when the time had fully come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. Did you know that you were redeemed from under the law? That's part of the Christian faith. So that we might receive adoption as sons. What's Paul's point here? That the Jews who believed in Jesus Christ, as well as the Galatians, have gone from slavery to sonship. Just as the Roman Father set the time when his child would become a son of legal age and get the benefits of the heirship, so the Creator, our God and Father, had a timetable. Jesus could not have come in the 2nd century or in the 1st century B.C. The prophets had predicted when he would come. One of those was Daniel. Daniel wrote in chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, that the Messiah, Christ, would be killed after 69 weeks of years, beginning with 445 B.C. Now listen to what he wrote. Seventy-sevens are decreed for your people, Daniel's people, that is, and your holy city, that's Jerusalem, to finish transgression to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness. Now, I'm talking about God's timetable here. And verse 4 of Galatians 4 says, When the time had fully come. That has to be calculated according to some point in time, and Daniel 9.24 gives us that point in time because it talks about 77s or 70 weeks of years. He said that many years after a certain point in time, for 44 B.C., when the commandment was given to the Jews to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild, from that point on, he said, after 69 weeks of years, that's 483 years, the Messiah would be cut off, killed. Now, you can't have the Messiah killed 483 years after that point in time, unless you have the Messiah born. And, of course, Romans four four is talking about his birth. When the time had fully come, God sent forth his Son to be born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. We know from Nehemiah chapter 2 that Artaxerxes issued that decree for the Jews to go back to Jerusalem. That was his twentieth year, and the date is set as 445 B.C. Now, Galatians 4.4 4 fulfills Daniel 9. The Christ came at the end of that 69-year period. He lived, and he was crucified, and it said after the 69 years, the Messiah would be cut off. That happened The law age, this Old Testament age beginning with Moses, was a time of childhood training for Israel. They were under custodians. The law was the custodian. Christ came to bring them into the inheritance as full-age sons. God planned the timing of the birth of Christ. There never was a better time for a number of reasons. One of them is that the Romans brought law and order to the world. Much of it structured on principles set forth in the civil laws of the Old Testament. Secondly, the Greek language had earlier been brought to all nations. Alexander the Great insisted that all conquered people learn Greek. The New Testament, you know, was written in Greek. God had prepared the world to hear the good news about God's Son in the language that people knew, Greek. God wanted all men to hear it. And from 3000 BC for centuries, cultured men of all nations spoke Greek while well, the way was paved for the good news to go to all nations. Next, the Romans built roads everywhere. The early missionaries followed those roads. God planned it all. He made it easy for the word to go quickly to all men. You see, the clock of God's program had run out and Christ came. He was born, and he died to deliver us. Now, Galatians 4, 4 says, God sent forth his Son. That implies previous existence of the Son. He didn't create the Son. He sent him. The Son was already in existence. That's what John tells us in the beginning of the gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It implies previous existence. Now it tells us that he was sent, born of a woman, under the law. He would be a Jew and he would be subject to the law. And that's why you find Jesus, especially in the synoptic gospels, as upholding the law and teaching the law. The synoptics record him being in the synagogues primarily, where he did his teaching. Think of it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke there are 32 references to Jesus teaching in the synagogue. The Gospel of John, however, which presents him as the Son of God to the world, not as the Jew who came to redeem the Jews. In the Gospel of John, you find him in the synagogue only two times. Now, when you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, expect to hear and see Jesus as a Jew under the law. Don't look for Jesus the Christian there. Jesus wasn't a Christian. He was a Jew. Galatians 4.4 4 tells us that he was born under the law. Now, he was born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. Redeem has to do with purchasing or buying and freeing what you purchase. He purchased those in slavery to make them sons and heirs. That we might receive the adoption as sons. Adoption is a Greek word meaning placing as a son. In the Galatian context here, it points to the position given the believer As a son, when he believes in Jesus Christ, he goes from being a child under law to being an adult son and an heir of God, and that's what the context is about, heirs, and that's how it started out, chapter 4, verse 1. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no better than a slave. Well, I see our time has run out. We'll be continuing this tomorrow. I hope you'll join me here. The Radio Bible Course is an independent Bible teaching ministry supported by friends and listeners. We welcome your letters and your comments. The Radio Bible Course also sponsors a Sunday morning Bible class that meets at 9.15 each Sunday morning. If you're invited to attend. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.